Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Interfacing, uh, and this is uh, our sixth week, sixth week in this series. Um, an interface is a way of connecting things, and I have said that part of our mission as believers is to help pre-Christians connect to the kingdom of God. And we do this by being a people that are that are trying to live by doing the next right thing and then sharing the radical message of good news that we have in Christ. And we're using for this series as the foundation biblically um, the second chapter of 1 Peter, the first 12 verses uh, in that second chapter. And so we've been working through these verses together, a verse or two a week, and talking about how they impact us and what they mean as far as um, really being an interface and helping pre-Christians, unbelievers, come to know Jesus uh, and, and enter into the kingdom of God. Last week, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, and we talked about how precious Jesus is. And last week, if you were here, I asked you to take some time during the last week to, to really think about that and make that something that you actually thought about, to, to think about how precious is Jesus to you? Why is he precious to you? And I encouraged you to think of at least three things with maybe some verses about how precious he is to you. And I hope he did that. Like I said, there's not going to be a test, but, uh, uh, um, but I hope you did it. And if you didn't, it's not too late. Think about how precious Jesus is to you. Because one of the things that, that will happen in, in our journey is that um, as we live this thing out, people that are, that are being drawn uh, at that, in different seasons to, to the Lord um, will find you, it's a, one of those neat things that happen, and they will ask you questions. Um, and they, when they ask you questions about Jesus, the, the things that we need to be able to tell them at that point um, are, are the difference that he makes to us. And why? And, and what's happened in our own lives? Now that's extremely effective in talking to people that are, that are being drawn and are interested. That avenue is not as effective as the people that don't care at that period in time, and so there's different ways to talk to them. But, because uh, when people aren't interested yet, um, they, they will just sort of overanalyze and get very critical with, with everything. Uh, that doesn't mean there's not ways to reach them. There is, but that's not the way. But when people are being drawn... And this is one of the things that happens. Because the world is so broken, and, and because we deal with such difficult situations uh, in life, that there are seasons in our life when, when um, we, we know that something's missing and we will start to look for it. Uh, unfortunately, we often turn to a lot of things that aren't good for us to try and fill whatever's missing. But, but um, we get opportunities because of the mercy and the grace of God I think, to, to really sort of look towards finding life and, and that we find that life in Him. And on that journey, we'll find people and, and be able to ask these questions. And, and now that uh, hopefully you know the answer for yourself in Jesus, people, um, the Spirit of God will be drawing people by and through you uh, that, that you will have opportunities to share with. And, and having some answers ready for why Jesus is precious to you, I think is extremely important as we continue to press on in uh, our lives together. Today, what we're going to do as we continue in this process is that we're going to start um, looking at 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 9 and 10. And we'll, we'll take a couple of weeks to talk about these, uh, these verses because there's some, some pretty important stuff going on in it. And today, I want to look at two major life questions, uh, who we are and why we're here. 
And so we'll be digging into that in just a moment. And now from the intro into the main thing, you know, I usually do something silly. So so here we go. And I'm certainly not going to disappoint today. A farmer is in the field with his cows and he counts 196 of them. But when he rounded them up, he had 200. It's a math joke. It's bad, right? Okay, it took a while. Some people still are looking like, what, what? So I knew I needed a backup because not everybody gets the math jokes. What does a nosy pepper do? Gets jalapeno business. <laughs> yeah, okay. Romans 12 is our scripture reading today, the first two verses. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Blessed be the word of the Lord. With our scripture reading in mind, let's kind of delve into now um, the verses we're going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So I said today, two major life questions we're going to look at. Who am I and why am I here? Uh, and, and fascinatingly, great answers for those important questions are found in these two verses of Scripture. Uh, these are questions that people ask and have always asked. Uh, you know, who, who am I and why am I here? What's it all about? Is there a reason to life? Is there a purpose? Um, these are these are significant questions, and and there are answers for those questions. And I believe the Apostle Peter gives us some great answers for those two. So let's dig in. First point in your notes. This is the question: Who are you? You can write it in the first person if you'd like, and you can write, "Who am I?" Um, I think it's a good question. And and answering these questions is is going to also impact the way that we interface in the world around us. So who am I? And and so let's talk about it through the lens of these verses. Little letter A under number one. You are a chosen people. First Peter two nine starts with that. You are a chosen people. I touched on this a few weeks ago and I I'd like to get back to it that, that God chose you. God chose you. Oftentimes, you know, we, we sort of think, well, that's when I, you know, it was about me when I came to Jesus, and, and certainly that's part of it. But you need to know that somehow in the, the amazing process of what's going on, that God chooses you. Uh, he picked you to be a part of his team. Uh, you, you are, uh, I said this, you're a first-round draft choice. Uh, there was great excitement in heaven when, when uh, the selection was made. Um, it, you weren't what was the you weren't the leftovers you weren't it wasn't because I always I always think about when we talk about being picked you know for teams a lot of people have some pretty painful experiences in their lives of when teams were being picked and you know being the last one or the one that no one wanted and you were on a team by default and that's not the case here you're on team this team because God wants you 
on his team, to be a part of his team, his family, his people, is how he refers to us. At the end of 1 Peter 2.9, it says that we're a people belonging to God. Uh, 1 Peter 2.10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He chose us um, not because of our achievements or our performance, but because by his great mercy, he loves us. Who are you? You are one of the chosen people that God wants to spend eternity with. I want you to consider that all week long. Who am I? I'm one of the people that God's chosen to spend eternity with. It's an amazing thing to think about in the the context of our day-to-day lives. He chose you to spend eternity with Him. And, And there's more. Little letter B. You are a royal priest. A royal priest. First Peter two nine, part of the royal priesthood. Um, that means all of you. That's uh, if you haven't thought of yourself in that light, you need to. You are a royal priest. That not just a sort of common one. You're a royal priest. That's that's even better, right? Royal priest. And as a priest, you have direct access to God. Now and forever. Not just in the forever part, in the future, but now. You have direct access to God. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We are a part now of the royal priesthood. We have access to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week because of all that our great priest Jesus has done for us. And so... Uh, as a priest also, you now have an active and important part in his story. Each one of us matters, makes a difference, is called for a purpose and a reason, brings the, the gifts that the Spirit of God has given to us into the mix. And all of us matter. All of us are important in this royal priesthood that he's called us to. Who are you? You are a royal priest with access to the very throne room of the living God, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's who you are. That's pretty good. There's more. See, but there's more. (laughs) If you call today, (laughs) call within the next 10 minutes and we'll double the offer. (sighs) Free shipping. You are a holy nation. You're a holy nation. 1 Peter 2.9. You're holy. Now, that might be be tricky for a lot of us um, as we process what that means. Um, Because I think we can get a little unsettled by the the word holy or, or holiness... And I think where we maybe disconnect from that one is that we sort of know who we are uh, deep down and we, we, we don't think, um, if we're honest, that that would be the word we would use to describe our lives. Um, 
And we, we think, well, that's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that. But the, see, he, here's where the amazing thing of, of being in Christ begins to take hold. See, the reality, that word holy, um, it actually means to be set apart. To be set apart. Uh, and, and to be set apart, what, what's going on there is, is to be set apart from the, the ways of the culture, from, from the ways of the world, from the ways of selfishness. See, we're to, we're to be different than um, uh, the, the world around us because we have a different perspective now, because we're a chosen uh, people of God and we're part of the royal priesthood. We're going to have a different way of looking things. Now, we're set apart. We're not set uh, above. It's not like we're better than everybody else because that's a terrible attitude to get. And we also need to understand that this idea of holiness, um, when we're not measuring up to it, doesn't mean that we need to pretend that somehow we're measuring up to it because that makes us hypocrites. What we have to understand is that God now sees us as holy in Christ, and, and, and that's an amazing gift and blessing. And what that's supposed to do then is to change the way that we approach life because we're no longer going at it for our own selfish needs and desires, but we're looking for the life that he has for us um, because of all that he's done for us already. We want to live life that pleases and blesses him. We're not trying to earn it. We're not trying to perform well because we, we already know he chose us while we were a mess. And we still are a mess. And he made us a part of the royal priesthood because uh, uh, in Christ. And so now he wants to live this life out in holiness. Uh, and I think that the best way that we, we fulfill that part of this whole calling um, is that the best way that holiness is lived out is by loving well. I think that the, the model for a holy life is a life of loving well. And I say that because of the way that Jesus lived. Certainly Jesus would have demonstrated to us the picture of holiness and what that looked like. But, but his way of holy living wasn't to withdraw and isolate and not have anything to do with the world around him. In fact, it was the opposite. His way of holy living was to get right in among the people that he was called to. Uh, he hung out with them. He went to their parties. He, he did all those things. That's where you would find him. He, he was eaten with people that nobody else would hang out with. But there was Jesus. And he was demonstrating holiness in the way that he loved people so well. So I think sometimes we, we think that, that really if we were going to live holy lives, well, that means then, then everything, you know, is off the table and we've got to get away from everybody and we've got to just completely withdraw and that perhaps the holiest people that we, we think of or know about are the people that live, you know, um, the cloistered lives or withdrawn to hilltops or whatever, no, where none of the temptation is around them. But, but I'm and not picking on any of those lifestyles. I'm just saying that's not what we're really called to. We're called to live in the world around us, but we're called to live differently. Differently, now that we've come to know Christ and we're the people of God filled with the Spirit, we live differently among them because we have a different understanding of, of life. And, and we're freed from the traps that, that are stuck, you know, so many people are stuck in. And it allows us then, hopefully, when we get that, to begin to love well, like Jesus did. That, that it's, it's, you know, the realization is it's just not all about us anymore. It's some about us, but it's not all about us. It's all about him. And he loves people. He loves us. And he wants us in this whole process. So he calls us into this whole journey with him. So, uh, who are you? You're, you're a holy, part of a holy nation. People living by trying to do the next right thing. So, then, why are you here? The other big life question, point number two. Why are you here? As a chosen, holy, royal priest... You have an absolute purpose in life. 
First Peter 2.9. He tells us part of it. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful life. Who made it possible for you to, to escape from the trap that, that we were stuck in in the world. And made it so that we can become inhabitants of the kingdom of God now and forever. And see, all of this builds to this point where, where what that means is that we declare the praises of him as in fact we're to be the interface we've been talking about to people who don't yet believe, pre-Christians, telling them about how amazing Jesus is, about his love, about his mercy, about his grace, about his power, about his compassion, about his desire to heal and restore and make broken people whole once again. See, this is the calling of our lives. To be proclaimers of the goodness of God in Christ. And you need to understand that, that this is something that we're all called to. And it, it, it happens in the context of our daily lives. It happens in the context of our waking up and going to work and, and uh, being with people and being with our families and coming home and having meals and going to sleep and, and all this process. This whole thing is involved in and inter, interwined, interwoven in all of those things that we do. And so that it's throughout the context and the, and the course of our days that we impact the world around us it's not just specific times and places and oh well I you know if I does that say that I'm supposed to preach well you know shouldn't I should I go up and get a pulpit and do all the other things no see the way that we do this is is that we do this in 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 our lives see to be an interface we can't turn it on and off it's just something that we are and and we're impacting people all the time all the time but, but the whole, remember two things I said, we're living by trying to, the way that we live impacts people, good and bad. And then when we get opportunities, we need to be able to tell them about the amazing love of God. Because that's what they need to hear. All that Jesus has done and why he did it. So we're going to talk some more about that next week. I'm going I'm to finish on this thought next week and we're going to talk about the grace of God when we get back together. But be thinking this week if you would. And if you didn't think about how precious Jesus was to you, do that too. But now think about what it means to be, you know, his, his child. That, that, that we, we answer the question, you know, who am I? And you need to understand that and let that really settle in. And why are you here? Let that settle in too. That you have a purpose. That you're loved, chosen, and have a purpose. Because it will impact the way that we relate to the world around us. So think about those things this week. And that's where we're going to end for today. If you're watching... Um, on video or television. Thank you for spending time with us. We appreciate it very much. We'd love for you to come and visit us. If you need prayer, go to the website, find the prayer page, and uh, just fill out that form, and we'll be praying for you. Hope to see you soon. God bless you. Hopefully they've turned that off upstairs. And uh, what we're going to do now, if not, we can edit that, I guess. Uh... Let me pray for you before we go. Ministry team, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over the wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it today. But let me pray for you as a group before we dismiss. Father, we are so thankful for who you are and for your amazing love for us. You are an awesome, awesome God. Lord, you've made it possible for us to have life now and forever in you. That you've given us purpose. Lord, that, that 
No matter what we've experienced in this life, we matter to you. And you love us and you're, you're proud of us. And even though we've, we've fallen short so often, you still just look at us in Christ now and you love us.